Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to our latest Outdoors podcast. It is August 11th. We are in the middle of the Summer Olympic Games from Rio. Well, actually, Jim and I are not in Rio. We're in Los Angeles. It's, it, it is funny, Jim, how many people, friends of mine, people in the media, assume that you and I are spending the next couple weeks in Rio uh, going to these events when it's probably the last thing on either of our minds is actually to go to the Summer Olympics. Well, you know, you actually, if you're there, you are you know less about the Olympics than if you're not there. All you know about is what you're covering. And the logistical things, if we were out, say, covering a gay athlete, that's all we would do that day. And you would have no idea what else is going on. So we actually do a better job of covering the overall uh, uh, event because we don't cover the particular sports per se, but we do a better job covering what's going on around the Olympics by not being there. I mean, I talked to John Branch in the New York Times who – we both know, and he said he is assigned to a story, and that's his story for the day. And he has no idea what else is going on. He's getting texts from people, oh, did you hear about this, this, this? And he goes, nope. <laughs> so, yeah, um, <laughs> being there would be fun on the one hand, but it would be very limiting. The stuff we would write uh, would be limited to exactly what we're literally at because you're not, you're not sitting there monitoring the media, social media that we can do from Los Angeles. So we actually have a more, actually a more varied report not being there. Yeah, well, and we're not covering a particular team. We're not covering a particular athlete or a particular country. I mean, Team LGBTI is now 49 different athletes across about 15 different sports. And, you know, for us to be at swimming and then the women are in Brasilia for, for a match, I mean, unless you're following the women's soccer team, you're, you can't follow them. You, you're stuck doing your event. And Whereas here, I can just sit at my desk, go to the NBC um, the NBC channel that shows all the different coverage that they have at the moment, and just choose what I want to watch. And it, it's a lot. It's a lot nicer doing that than having to deal with with Brazil. Yeah, and also you just you're not you're also seeing here. I mean, we had a, a, an amazing faux pas where the wife of a gay athlete was called her husband, and that literally was discovered because I happened to be watching the beach volleyball match live in my house, and I heard it. If I had not been there, I'm not sure it would have been picked up by anybody else. And it clearly wouldn't have picked yeah. it up if I was covering women's soccer down in, you know, in Brasilia because I wouldn't have anywhere near it. So, um, yeah, it's different from covering, say, the Super Bowl where there's only two teams to cover. So you can cover the event, and actually being there gives you an advantage in terms of you know, access. But the Olympics are so mm-hmm. big that every, everybody I've known has covered Olympics has the same thing, that you are just you're covering your one thing, and that's, a, and that's all you're focused on. And um, so we're actually having more fun. Plus, it's nice to sleep in your own bed at night. <laughs> well, unless you're sleeping in somebody or else's, somebody else's yes, bed. Or somebody else's bed. Best to stick to your own bed uh, and not a hotel. Oh, I, I would love to talk about how all of our athletes are doing, but you know, there are so many results that we don't have yet. Um, you know, who's going to win a medal in women's basketball and women's soccer and field hockey, uh, track and field, so many things have given unresolved. The three LGBTI athletes that we know of have have won medals. 
Tom Daly and then a couple women in judo. Uh, so I, you know, I think next week we'll end up talking a lot about how the athletes have done. And um, but I, I, to your point about being here and being able to see NBC's coverage of these Olympics. I want to talk a bit about the the media and how the media has handled this because there've been there've been some issues um that that different people have pointed out. Um one being yes that NBC has has not been great and you pointed out one where an NBC commentator called a woman's wife her husband which is beyond my understanding. And then, um, well, let's just take that one for to, to start. I mean, the commentator apologized, but I, I, a, I don't know how that happens. And b, why I haven't seen NBC apologize? Have you? Um, I have not. The only statement we got from them was what the what the statement from Chris Marlowe. Now, people who know Chris Marlowe said that that's you know he's certainly not homophobic, and it was almost, watching it, I didn't take it as a homophobic, I took it as a totally brain-dead comment. It's almost like he was looking at a sheet of paper, and it had next to her name, married. Because what these guys have, right. they have these fact sheets. And so it probably had uh, Larissa Franca married, and so while not looking what's actually on the screen, is her, but actually their credit, the producers kept with a shot of after she won her match, Larissa beats volleyball, runs to the stands, and embraces her wife, Hugs her, kisses her, then hugs her, I think, her mother and her whatever, grand, or nephew or something. Anyway, and so it's almost like Chris is looking down, and without even looking at the monitor, oh, married is now hugging her husband. Like someone saying in his ear, he's hugging her. You know, it's like it, because there's no other reason to do that unless you totally screwed up. But I was surprised that NBC didn't come out formally say, boy, we really messed up. All Chris said, well, I made a mistake, which he did, but it seemed – it was just jarring, and I literally had to replay the tape five times to see, did I mishear that? And was there some guy lurking in the background she was hugging that I missed? It was like, and then I kept looking up, do they refer to wives as husbands in Brazil? You know, I guess there's some cultural thing where <laughs> Larissa actually calls her significant other her husband for Ed, because I thought, how could someone say something so tone deaf? And so it, that one was just a bizarre one. But so it's good that they actually showed – them embracing without you know cutting away but i just thought it was almost like the guy had a brain fart well yeah and and tone deaf i think is a great term for it you know it this is why it's so important to have black people women asian people hispanic people lgbt mm-hmm. people across the lgbt spectrum in front of the cameras, behind the cameras, in the production meetings, so that somebody is raising these issues. Because I'm sure in the production meeting, probably nobody raised the issue that oh well, one of the one of the athletes that we're watching is one of the few out LGBT athletes. Her wife is in the stands. Let's make sure we talk about it. Let's make sure we use the correct terminology. Because I, my guess is nobody raised that. Because if they had, it, it would have been do, it would have been done appropriately. I mean, all of these crews have to have production meetings before before their events. And again, this is you, you, the term tone deaf. I think is perfect. Just nobody in that production meeting, nobody on the staff brought it up you, 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 for for whatever reason. So well, I, I think that's contrast, you know, it, it, and, and, I'm sorry to interrupt, but in contrast, they were doing a women's soccer match with Australia, which has an openly gay player, and they um, said flat out, that, you know, oh, they took a shot, oh, there is her wife, 
you know, they married whatever. And at one point, the you know, when they were playing together in the same team, the wife's now retired, you know, the wife came in and substituted for us. So you actually had a crew, you know, on whatever the soccer channel was paying attention to that specific thing. So that's an example right. of doing it right, of acknowledging it. And um, to me, that was how it should be done as opposed to what they did on beach volleyball, which was just like, what the hell? <laughs> Her husband. Well, and, and, and then in diving, uh, Tom Daly is, has been a staple of the sport since 2008 at the Olympics. This is his third Olympics. Uh, he's one of the better known names in his sport. Um, and in the stands, watching him win a bronze medal in the uh, men's synchronized 10-meter platform was his fiance Dustin Lance Black, who is an Oscar-winning writer, uh, well known in the United States, and the 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 commentators there showed Lance on 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 the on the TV on the screen. Never mentioned who he was. Didn't mention that it was Tom Daly's fiance. And again, it's not as though Tom Daly is some some. Uh, totally unknown athlete from Kazakhstan who Americans had never heard of from before. He's one of the better known athletes who ended up winning a bronze in the event with his, his fiance, who's well known in the United States. And they never mentioned that that's his fiance. And it really brought me back to NBC's coverage of Matthew Mitchum winning gold in 2008 when they never mentioned that he was gay, never mentioned that his boyfriend was in the stands. So it was like, it just seems like, they haven't learned any lessons from their mistake 2008 with Mitchum. Yeah, I thought it was odd because I watched the diving as they show. I watched it uh, on stream, and the commentators there was pretty much just it was all diving. It was, you know, diver, 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 pairs a lot of information. There's two British voices. I assume it was an international broadcast feed. They weren't showing the extraneous stuff in the stands. It was all just diving. So I kind of gave those people a pass because they weren't talking about David Badaya's kid or, you know, the Chinese divers, girlfriends or whatever. So, but on the NBC thing, which really personalizes at night, you know, we saw Dave, David Bodaya and his son, you know, oh, it was t- 2013 was depressing for me after I won the medal and whatever. And so they showed Dustin, you think you show it in a stand. Why are you showing us this picture if you're not going to tell us who it is? And all they had to say was, uh, that's, you know, that's Tom Daly's fiance, the uh, screenwriter, Dustin Lance Black. And then they didn't have to go into a long exposition about it. And they have, uh, they have a chance during the men's platform when it's an individual thing to do more on him. But I was surprised that the producer clearly picked that shot, showing Dustin with a Team Daly shirt on. And yet the announcers never even acknowledged it, whereas if they show – Almost all the time they show some, oh, that's his father, that's his mother, that's his wife. You know, it's like, as a matter of course, and it's like they still are seem uncomfortable with the whole thing. That, well, we'll show you who it is, but we're not going to tell you who that man is wearing a Team Daly shirt. And all they had to say was, that's Tom Daly's fiance, and left it at that. And it would have been enough, but they can't even go that step to me, which is weird. Like, you show the picture, but then you don't tell us why you're showing us this picture. It really felt like they were trying to avoid talking about it. And, yeah. and again, you look at some of these other sports, I mean, they're talking incessantly about, about Michael Phelps' fiancé or wife or whoever she is and, and other athletes. But then, uh, I mean, like you said, they're showing Lance in the stands and they're just 
they're just not mentioning who he is. It's so so odd. Again, it was just, it was like the calling uh, Larissa's wife a husband is just so odd, and I just think it speaks to them probably not having that many vocal LGBT people at the table to say this needs to happen like this. Yeah, and I'm curious what would happen if an American, there are no gay American men who are uh, out, if a prominent American athlete was gay, would how, would they would they be forced to handle it differently? Because, you know, if David Badia won the gold medal and had a, had a child but his partner was a man, could they possibly ignore that and sort of not, you know, it's like, I just don't know. It was just an odd, they just seem very uncomfortable with it. More so than homophobic, it's almost like, well, maybe part of our audience doesn't want to see this stuff, or well, it's. So the whole thing with 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 Tom was just weird because don't don't show us a shot then. If you're not going to mention it, just show the diving and don't show me people in the stands unless you're going to comment on them, because we see the other people mentioned. Now, of course, they only showed four dive. They only showed four of the eight pairs anyway, um, because they truncated really for the prime primetime broadcast. But, but yeah, he was just, one of the four pairs. He was one. He was one, and he was one of the, the, the uh, obviously the medal favorite. So it was really strange they did not even acknowledge it. And I wonder if they're going to acknowledge it going forward when he's diving for an individual medal. I, I don't know. So, so what's interesting is you know I wrote this this column yesterday just titled NBC has a sports has a gay problem. It's gotten a lot of attention. Huffington Post re-ran it, and I know they've gotten a, a lot of readers for it. A lot of people are talking about this now, and I have to believe that week two is going to be better. I have to believe that they have taken some of the feedback and, and, and learned from their mistakes. I, 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 and, and, and given how many LGBT athletes are going to be front and center in the second, in the second half of these Olympics, Simone Augustus and Elena Deladon and Brittany Griner and Tom Daly, I have to believe they are going to Megan Rapino. I have to believe they're going to fix it and they're not going to, they're going to do a better job of being proactive on these issues. People say, oh, well, why, should, why do they need to be proactive on these issues? Because it still matters. It's still a point. It's still, there are, there are so few relatively out LGBTI athletes. It's still a story. It's still news because it's still new. Yeah, and you know they have not done. They've really cut back on, on NBC and the up close and personal profiles. I mean, a lot of them are done on Bravo now, or they're you know they're just not. But you would think Tom Daly would be a perfect example of one. I mean, he is a big star in London. Um, you have the whole you know him being open. You know, first coming out in what 2014 in December, whenever he issued that YouTube video and. You think mm-hmm. that if you're looking for human interest catnip, that is a perfect example. He's a star in Britain. And so I'm curious if they do anything on any of their alternate networks of here's a, here's a profile of Tom Daly. Because it would seem that if you're looking for human interest stories, that is a perfect one. And if you ignore that, then it, then it really tells you they really are very uncomfortable with it. Well, he's the highest profile gay male athlete at the Olympics but by a mile. I mean, the, the, the Finnish swimmer and the Dutch gymnast and the Brazilian diver, they just don't measure up to Tom Daly. Mm-hmm. Tom Daly, again, he's been, he's been a staple in the sport since he was 14 in 2008. I, I mean, I remember him. He looked so funny. 
there yep. on the diving board. He looked at, at the Olympics when he was 14 years old. And now he's, you know, very handsome, uh, good-looking, in shape, uh, openly gay man with, with a celebrity as a fiancé. It, it, it really it defies logic. I understand that most of their packages are about Americans. But Tom Daly being British, I, he's just he's the most well-known LGBT Olympic maybe ever. I mean, can you think of another? Can you think of another not LGBT? Brittany Griner and and Megan Rapinoe certainly eclipse him in the U.S. But well, for men, for clearly men, not. Yeah, not for a man. And not, yeah. So I, and they, have, it, they really, do enough like, profiles of non-American athletes that that's not even an excuse anymore. They've they've done numerous ones I have seen by just scanning their other things. Uh, they tend again to be on. Um, uh, the alternate network, so to speak, you know, like the, the Bravo or something, and you know they have more of a studio show sometimes. But yeah, it made none of it. None of it makes sense to me. And but it, it's it's funny that I said, well, at least it's a at least it's a step up. They showed Larissa kissing her uh, quote unquote husband. <laughs> Maybe they'll get it right by four years. But uh, she's on today. I'm not sure if they're broadcasting her match because it's not playing an American. So I really, you know. I'm curious if they've ever – see, part of it is we're not watching every second of coverage. For all I know, Chris Marlowe came on at the beginning of the volleyball match today and said, I screwed up, but I've not heard that from anybody. Oh, wait, he's – wait, you said he – you heard No, no, he I'm saying that? since I am not watching every second of being oh, volleyball oh, oh, oh. coverage, I don't know it's possible that they are coming on and saying something like that. You would hope at mm. some point it was acknowledged on the air that they kind of just messed up. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, it will, again, it will be interesting to watch over week two if they, if they are more proactive in acknowledging some of these LGBTI athletes because, again, it is important. And they're, they're going to have to in track and field. I mean, Castro Semenya and Dute Chan, you, you, can't, you, you can't not talk about what the two of them have been through to get yes, to the and, and they're both uh, uh, Castro's favorite in her event, the 800. So she's going to be... I mean, she'll be the part, you know, she's favored to win the gold medal, so you cannot ignore that. Well, we'll see if NBC finds a way. Something that a lot of gay people have, were not able to ignore today was a report from uh, the Daily Beast where they sent a, a writer to the Olympic Village or the entrance to the Olympic Village, told them to turn on Grinder and see what Olympic athletes he could track down. Um, he so he went on there, did, just kind of posted a picture of himself. Didn't tell people uh, that he was a reporter looking to do a story, and just started engaging with with some of the athletes who are on there, um, most of whom are, are closeted. And then turned around and today published a story describing some of them, including talking about uh, one of them being from a homophobic country and mentioning the sport he was from. Um, it, there are so many things that are wrong about this. It actually it makes NBC look like the Advocate or Out Magazine. Yeah. Uh, for, for for starters, Jim, I mean, I, I approach it as a gay man. Just can't can't believe that this guy would uh, would would uh, offer identifiers of some of these athletes that narrowed down who it could be pretty narrowly. But I thought that you you brought up something I hadn't even thought of, like for a journalist to randomly pose as some essentially gay athlete looking for action 
when he was really just looking for identifiers so he could he could he could fill his story and turn it into a little bit of a witch hunt and make a name for himself uh, it, journalistically I, it, it's I got to I'll be surprised if they don't suspend the guy or, or and the editor who okayed this. Well, it is a journalistic no-no to go you only go undercover in the most really serious stories. You're investigating child slavery or something that the only way to get the story and even then you are told, you know, if if someone asks you directly, you got to come clean. I mean, it's all these ethics and this guy posed as a gay person. He's openly straight. He posed as a gay person to basically get people to, to have, you know, come on to him and have sex. And then wrote a thing that the guy from Slate Magazine, their writer, said he identified just through some Googling and using original story. He was able to identify five of the athletes. I have not seen the original version. I don't know if you have it, you can send it to me. Wow. Uh, but he said he was able to identify five of the gay athletes, this person, just by, just by the small descriptors he gave. And this guy didn't post a grinder profile that said, hi, I am a straight journalist looking to do, you know, he was posing as someone looking for sex and he's on grinder. Right. So there's all so many levels of fraud and deception there. And then to give identifying information, including at least one guy who's from a country that's very homophobic, that if anybody knows how to use the Internet could easily identify him. Um, you're putting people literally at risk and and to have this person not be at least suspended and the editor suspended? I mean, who okayed this? It's one thing if you're straight and you're going to go on Tinder, and then if you meet people, you go on a date and you write about it. But to pose as a gay person when you have no intention of actually engaging these people, it really is It's a really disgusting you know, uh, form of outing. And the fact that they still have this article even up, they have an editor's note that makes it even worse. They had to just have a – they had to take it down. And just have, I don't know, we really messed up in the worst way, but – it, is just, it violates all sorts of journalistic ethics, and you know, it's mind-blowing. You know, the, the thing about Grindr, people consider it almost a safe space, you know, that you're not going to yeah. be outed, and yet here, now you, know, you have people there thinking, holy shit, is some journalist out there trying to entrap me to get, just get some page views? Well, I, you know, I think it, it, Grindr to me is to an extent like a bar. If you walk into a bar, you're kind of walking into a public place but what you don't expect is that somebody is going to approach you, talk to you, get your name, get your story, and then go write about it for the public without them at least acknowledging who they are. So I, 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 I don't. I, whether it's whether Grinder is a private space or not, what you don't expect is your identity to be yeah. revealed publicly by someone essentially misrepresenting himself. I mean, going to the edge of the athlete's village, posting this thing, you're essentially you're trying to make them believe you're an athlete looking for a hookup as well. So you, you, I, I'm sorry, but this guy can't just say, oh, well, I never, I never lied to them if they asked. Mm, you were misrepresenting who you were by being where you were and doing what you were doing. If he had, if he had at the just simply done a story talking about, even on Grindr, I threw up a quick profile and immediately got six people propositioning me and left it at that. That would have been okay, right? If he didn't give any identity and simply said, you know, this is how many people are on there. But he went further and was actually engaging them in conversation and sending them follow-up pictures when they were asked for it. One guy wanted nude pictures, and he sent him a, a, you know, a face picture of himself. So he didn't basically just simply say, here's what I found. He, went, he took it further. So, yeah, it really is. You do have this you, – you, you do have on Grindr a feeling that you're – the last thing you're doing is going to be outed by somebody. 
And so I really yeah. pray that none of these athletes, that this story somehow is not seen in these other countries and someone doesn't put two and two together and figure out who they were. Because it really was, I mean, about an example of shoddy journalism I've seen in a long time. Well, no, I don't know how. I've seen the original, and I'll send you a copy of it. I don't know how you could definitively, even with Google, figure out who's who because I thought he, I thought the writer was sly enough not to go that far. He was sly enough to na- to narrow the field down to one to two dozen athletes, but but. I don't know. If this is defense. Well, I don't. The slate. I don't, the slate guy I, claims that. I have to write him and see if he actually did I identify. I don't. I. I think he's full. I think he's full of it. I think he's full of it because I. You. you I don't see how. I mean, literally, he. The, the most descriptive thing. There are two things. One was that um, he named a sport and said the person was from a homophobic country. Well, if you go to that sport, there were like two or three homophobic countries. So you can narrow it down to a couple dozen athletes. The, another one was that. Um, and this is still up there that the athlete finished sixth. Well, you could go to all of the all of the completed events, figure out all of the all the people who have finished sixth, and probably narrow it down to a few dozen people. But I don't know how this editor is claiming that he can narrow it down. I have to look at this because I I I I actually believe that that person's lying. I think that's the editor's lying. Well, have you seen the actual original original versus? Yes. Because the all ones yes. I've seen in the Wayback Machine still have the editor's note attached to it. I haven't seen one that has no editor's note. No, I have. Well, I'll double check because the the one that I saw in the Wayback Machine um, did not did not have the editor's note, and it had some other descriptors that are not in the edited version now. But I think regardless, you don't want anybody in these countries somehow searching these things and even even putting someone under suspicion. You know, hey, is that possibly you? Are yeah. you that you, know, you finished sixth, and you're you know, our country to- doesn't tolerate. So I think that's even that the, even the idea that someone po- even possibly could happen really is again. We, we I think we're both in agreement. This was something that if yeah. someone had asked us for our opinion, we would have said no effing way are you going to do anything like this. And we keep seeing this, Jim, over and over and over again. We saw it with Grantland and the and uh, the transgender golf. Um, Inventor. We saw it with our own SB Nation and and uh, uh, article about a football player accused of rape, where uh, you know they they're not having the affected parties take a look at what has been written and and to make sure that yeah this is okay. And if a, if a gay person did read this and say that's okay, I I, I don't even know what to say about that. That that's just. Uh, well, that person should be suspended. I, I, it's just not what what this what this person wrote was just not okay by any stretch of the imagination. Now, there, are, there I posted on Twitter. There are actually ways to do this that that could be interesting, like so being very very vague, um, not 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 using any descriptors of of who they are, or or having you know. Talking to other athletes, finding athletes who have been on Grinder and talking to them about their experiences as a journalist. But again, what you don't do is pose as someone else, which is essentially what he did, and then essentially try to describe these people so it narrows it down and, and turns it into a witch, potential witch hunt in some of these countries. 
Yeah, if one of us had been in Brazil and Juan Grinder and identify, you know, we could have written a fun story without doing any identifying things. Oh my God, this was like being a kid in a candy store or something, you know, or you see the most amazing bodies. I'm not sure if it really is the athlete. <laughs> you know, if you haven't met the guy, maybe it's someone using a fake profile. There are a million ways yeah. we can do it. And one of the guys did it in the Winter Olympics for us who was on Scruff and he talked about finding, you know, he was doing some, uh, vid- he was video, right? He said he found an electrician. He found all these people to help him with. Uh, logistic issues in Sochi, Russia, on Scruff as a gay man. Right. And that was a very fun <laughs> article to read because it was like I wasn't using this to find sex. I was using this to find an electrician and a plumber to unclog my toilet. And I found them on Scruff because they were helping out a fellow, you know, a fellow whatever. And that was a fun story to do because it wasn't doing – this guy was a voyeur. And he was doing it yeah. almost like – this was like 20 years ago. Look at these gay people. They All they want is sex. And yet we hear that, you know, Tinder's usage is up like 200 percent, you know, with straight people. Um, that's yeah. the fun story to do. You know, they have Tinder profiles of Ryan Lochte. He's very open about being on Tinder. OK, he's an open public athlete about this. But what this guy did, I said, was his voyeurism. And it really was, it really was just such shoddy journalism. Well, he, he, he essentially became a stalker. He was he was stalking yeah. these people. He was undercover. He was an undercover stalker. So, well, um, <laughs> what else we'll do is track down some gay athletes who've been on Grinder and <laughs> the Olympic Village and have them talk about their experiences. Yes. Um, that 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 might be a lot more interesting and, and a lot more fun. Um, but hopefully next week we'll be able to talk about the results of some of these LGBTI athletes. Uh, a lot more medals. Um, right now, Team LGBTI is in the top 20 if, if they were a country. Hoping that continues. Uh, Jim, I know we'll be watching a lot more. Diving and track and field <laughs> and women's basketball in the next couple of weeks. So uh, just keep back checking out sports for results, and we will talk to you again next week. <laughs>